0: encourage you to take notes you know just write some things down we have been on the subject or we've called this series if you want prosperity principles 2018 and we've been going over different things that the word of god says regarding i well we actually did cover handling finances some when you talk about stewardship But these are principles we should be practicing in our life, and tonight I want to talk about being a cheerful giver, being a cheerful giver. As we look at this, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about giving. In fact, the Bible has a ton to say about finances in general, uh, A really a massive amount of information in the area of finances, and uh, giving is one of the greatest expressions of love. Think about this, John three sixteen. For God so loved, what did He do? How did He respond to that? For God so loved the world, He gave. Everybody say it with me. For God so loved, He gave. That was His response. His love response was giving. Not only did He give, but what did He give? He gave the greatest He could give. He could give nothing greater than His one and only begotten Son. There was nothing greater that He could do. No greater sacrifice. He literally gave up His own Son, or He gave up part of Himself. Because remember, the Lord Jesus Christ was a third of the Godhead. And so God Himself gave Himself for us. That's how much He loved us. But the issue I want you to focus on is that his response to us in love was to give. And those two go together. Our giving and how we give exposes our attitude. It exposes our heart. It exposes what is most important to you in your life. What is most most valuable, what is the thing that is most important to you is revealed by your giving. Giving is a matter of the heart. For example, we could uh, have an offering in church and there are some, believe it or not, that would just throw something in the bucket. And what I mean is that for whatever reason they did, they just threw something in the bucket maybe to appease the fact that they didn't want to be seen not putting something in the bucket. They did it because... Uh, they felt pressured or obligated in, in themselves to do something. But the fact is this, you can just throw something into the bucket and that's as far as it goes. Or you can decide as you adjust your attitude and with your heart choose to give into the work of the ministry. You're making a difference. You're pleasing the Lord. It's, a lot of it is in our attitude and how we look at things. Um, I want you to look with me at 2 Corinthians 9 5. Actually, before you put that up, give me a second here. Uh, I want to preface this. I would encourage you in the next day or two to read in your Bibles 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, the entire chapters are devoted towards giving. Everybody say, giving. When you see an entire couple of chapters devoted to something, that must tell us something about how the Lord feels about it. It is important. What you'll find, just to quickly give you some information, as you read this, you will find one section of the church, the body of Christ, helping another area of the body of Christ. All right, And I don't want to go into a bunch of detail on that, but this we're about to read is in a response to one doing their part uh, 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 they promised to help another area that was in need okay and so this is paul the apostle responding to that so look with me second corinthians 9 verse 5 therefore i thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand Which you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. Now, let's just read it again, real quickly, because I want to highlight a couple of words. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift. I want you to notice that your generous gift beforehand which they had promised, that it may be ready, that it may be ready. So they had to do some preparing, may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. Now, how do they do that? Well, how many of you know that if you wait to the last minute on something, it can feel like a grudging obligation? You ever been low, for example, on finances and then something comes up that isn't necessarily a bill, and you might feel pressured in that situation because now I have to hand this money out and I really don't want to. And I look back thinking, man, if I would have prepared a couple of months ago, how many know Christmas time is a good example of that? People that put a little bit of money away, a little bit at a time, throughout the entire year don't feel the pressure. That someone might, if they don't do anything, and they don't have a lot of spare money, and all of a sudden, it's December 1st, right? In other words, at that point, it could easily become, Christmas becomes a grudging obligation. I have to do all these things, and I really don't want to. I don't want to spend this much money on these things. But see, if I would have... Now listen carefully. If I would have started back in January, putting a little bit away, a little bit away, and it would have added up, would it not be at that point in December, I am prepared to be generous? Do you see that? That's what he was talking about. He didn't want it to be a grudging obligation. He wanted it to be a matter of the heart, being generous because I want to. It was a gift that was prepared. I was ready and willing to do this, okay? Now, this is important because that's what the Lord has for us, what he wants for us. Let's look at the word generously for a moment. Now, I looked up in the dictionary, and if you look up the word generously, it will say something like this. Giving generously is giving in a way that shows a readiness to give more of something. So you're ready, you planned it, you thought it through. In other words, giving more than is necessary or giving more than is expected. Another way of looking at it is giving generously in a way that shows kindness or warmth to someone. In other words, It isn't something I have to do. I desire to be a blessing. I want to bless them. That's giving generously. Uh, Giving generously is to give enough or more than enough in size or amount. In other words, having an attitude of plentifully. In other words, I want to I want to have more than enough for this. I want to give more than enough. I'm not just trying to get by with just what needs to be done, but I'm thinking, well, wouldn't it be wonderful for them to have more than they need? Okay? So I'm thinking above and beyond. That's That would be a description of being generous or a generous giver. Now, a description of a generous giver begins with the heart. And what I mean by that is, their heart desires to give to be a blessing. That's their motivation. Their motivation is only moved by the fact of being a blessing, doing something good for someone else. There's no other hidden agenda behind anything. Now, I do want to make a point here. A generous-hearted giver literally gives in a generous manner. So what I mean is, Their generous heart is reflected in their giving. It is obvious they were generous. They weren't being tightwads. In other words, you can't say I'm generous and your giving shows that you're a tightwad. Does anybody follow what I'm saying? There are people that are just flat out tight. Um, They will only go a certain point and no more. In fact, they almost get irritated when... The subject of giving and giving generously is brought up. Why? They're guilty. It shames them. It bothers them. They don't want to hear it. They don't have that attitude. And what we want to do is develop a generous attitude. Why? Because we want to be like our Heavenly Father. We want to give because we can, because we get to, because um, I want to be a blessing. I don't have any other motivation behind that. I'm not trying to get you to look at me. I'm not trying. In fact, a generous giver doesn't even need someone to acknowledge the gift. In fact, they may give in such a way that no one even knows they're the ones that were a blessing to someone. I think that is a wonderful attribute that every one of us can try to attain. Um, I remember uh, years ago, it seems like it happened more at, at one point than I see it now. But I used to see people um, do more things with the idea of giving than I see. What I mean is, for example, um, in a church I was part of, we would often see someone, for example, bless a family. Like they would go grocery shopping and they would buy a bunch of groceries for someone and slip it in their car without them knowing. They would come out of church and there would just be, you know, $100 with the groceries in there. And, and, you know, $100 now, of course, that might be two bags, you know. (laughs) If you you haven't noticed, it doesn't go very far. But I'm talking about back in the day when $100 was $100. I mean, it went a lot. You could have five, six, seven bags. And, I mean, they they would come out and just no one knew who did it. No one took any credit. uh, But they went through the effort to do it. Um, that's a good thing. That's a good habit to get into. That doesn't have to be that way. There could be other ways of giving. You know, one of the things we would call, um, I'm not even sure where this came from, but the the phrase Pentecostal handshake. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And what I mean by that is, is that you would just, you know, you'd pull some cash out and you'd just bless someone, you know, and you just slip it to them. And, or you might give it to someone else and say, Will you do me a favor and give it to so and so? That's a good habit to get into. It doesn't always have to be a large amount, it's just the, having the attitude of, I'm thinking about how I can be a blessing to someone. I'm thinking about how I can help someone. And, and any of us at any time can use 20 bucks. Am I wrong or right? Anybody, right? You're gonna. If somebody slipped you a twenty, well, that's twenty bucks. You could give. You could put some gas in a car. You could, you know, take your wife out for a quick fast food bite. You could, you know, that'll buy milk and bread and you know and some other things. Um, the point I'm making is whether it be twenty, fifty, a hundred, or a thousand, or five, it doesn't matter. I remember <coughs> years ago there used to be a man at our church that uh, would always, always, always. Put he didn't have a lot of money, okay, but he would always put a little bit of cash in his pocket, and he would always look for someone to bless. And and sometimes it was only two bucks. I mean, but what he would do is the Lord would touch his heart and who to give it to, and he would go and he would give him a couple bucks and say, the "Lord, just wants you to know he loves you." That's all he said. He wasn't looking for anything else. He just wanted to be a blessing. Well, you know what? If you make a decision to to be generous and you said you know i'm going to set aside so much money and i'm going to put it in my wallet and ask the lord who to give it to and the lord will prompt you before you know it god's going to add more finances in your hands why because you're doing what he loves to do he loves to be a blessing that means he's going to funnel would you funnel finances through someone who didn't handle your finances right you, you stay away from them, right? If somebody was stealing from you or if somebody were kind of funneling some, you know, maybe they'll handle part of your money, but they're taking a fee all the time, you know? I mean, they're pulling a little bit. Well, you're not going to, once you find out about it, you're not going to use them at all. But see, the Lord is looking for people to be able to be a blessing to other people. But he's got to have someone that says yes. Amen? Say, that's me. Amen. I want to be that person. I want to be the one the Lord can use to meet someone else's need. And you know what? They don't even have to have a need. Sometimes we get so hung up on looking at, um, and this is why the Lord shared this with me to share with you all at Christmas time. At Christmas time, we would do Operation Christmas Blessing. And the idea was not to find someone that had a need in their life. The idea was just to simply say, Lord, who do you want to bless? It doesn't matter whether they have a need or not. The issue is, Lord, who do you want to bless? And the Lord would speak to our heart and say, bless that family. Bless this someone. Now, on occasion, we have found they did have a need. And the Lord blessed them. But I didn't concern myself with looking for the need. You see, if you focus on looking for someone with a need, you are going to be sadly disappointed sometimes, or you're going to be um, misdirected. You see, sometimes people can have a great need, but they don't look like they have a need. They dress really sharp. They drive a brand new car. They live in a nice house. What you don't know is the refrigerator is empty. You see, if you go by appearance, if you go by what you can see, could you not be misled? Many times you could be misled. So the best thing to do is what? Open your heart to the Lord and say, Lord, use me. I want to I, I be a blessing. And if you'll just allow the Lord to do that with you and you'll be willing and obedient, I'm telling you what, if you'll be consistent about it, He, he, will, he will keep on pouring it in your life so you can continue to pour it out. And guess what? <laughs> Some of it's going to stick. He's going to add to you just to be a blessing to you because you're a good steward how many of you found a good steward would pay him well if he's do handling things right you're going to do you're going to do right by him it would be wrong not to take care of him well the lord boy i tell you what there ain't no one who could do better than him blessing someone all right and so what we have here is this that generous heart is reflected in their giving now there is a harvest to be expected when we give in a generous manner okay but that's not the generous heart's motivation. They're motivated by simply wanting to give out of a heart of love, out of wanting to be a blessing, and not because they're going to receive. Okay? That is a simple adjustment in heart. There are many that give only because they believe they're going to get a big harvest. And I just don't think that's the right heart and attitude. I believe that we're going to have a good harvest. Don't get me wrong. There is a connection between giving generosity and the harvest we will, we will receive. In other words, the type and size of our harvest is determined by our giving, but that shouldn't be our motivation. Okay? Our motivation should be a heart of love that wants to be a blessing. Let's look at a couple of scriptures here along those lines. 2 Corinthians 9.6 says, But this I say, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now we know the Word of God says what? You're going to reap what you sow. This is telling you that the size of the return... The type of the return is determined by how you sow. If you sow tight-fisted, in other words, you're able to give considerably more, but you're tight-fisted about it, you're always holding back, that is the way you're going to reap. You are going to reap, but you're going to reap it the same way. And if you're generous, if you're abounding, if you're bountiful towards giving, then that is exactly how it's going to come back to you the same way. Well, I don't know about you, but the latter sounds better than the, than the first one, right? I would. How many of you want someone to give to you generously? right? You don't want them being El Chipo, You want them being a blessing. Guess what? The return is greater than the gift. The return is greater than the gift. So my attitude is, well, then why not be generous? If I'm going to receive anyway, if it's going to come back to me, um, then I might as well see it come back generously. Now, let's see what Jesus said about that. Luke 6, 38. Give and it will be given to you. That is a law, isn't it? That's a spiritual law. That is a command um, here, but it's also a spiritual law. You reap what you sow. In other words, if you sow seeds, you're going to reap. He said give and it will be given back to you. Now he shows us how it's gonna happen. Notice carefully. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, it'll be put in your bosom. Now, how many of you like that idea, someone giving to you that way? What I mean, what does that mean? They're giving in a generous way. In other words, good measure. All right? Think about that. It's being pressed down. And it's being shaken together, so what's happening? More can fit in, right? In other words, every little little space of air is being filled in with blessing, and that is how it will be given to you. That is how it will be passed on to you. Now, there is a uh, part of this though we must do in order for that to happen. Notice what Jesus continues with. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured to you. Now, if we take a measuring cup, just a measuring cup, we can pour so much into it, right? If it's a one cup measuring cup, how much fluid can we put in there? Can anybody tell me? Eight ounces, right? You can't put nine, can you? right? If you're going to fill it to the brim, it's eight ounces, all right? But let's say I'm capable, uh, let's say I have 500 gallons, all right? If I measure it out, I'm going to give one cup. Is that giving with a large measuring cup relative to what I have available to me? Do you see that? It's not the amount, it's not the amount, it's what's left over, okay? It's what it's what resources I have available to me. If I have $1,000 in my wallet and I give $5, <laughs> is that measuring with a small measuring cup or a large one? We would all agree it's small, you know what I'm saying? Now, is it up to you to give? God's not forcing you so it's all on you but here's the beauty of the thing if i will measure my giving with a large measuring cup how is it going to come back to me the harvest member is bigger than the seed sown and that harvest will come back to me in the manner in which i sowed so if i El cheapo when i sow What's the manner of the harvest going to come back to me? El Chipo? Okay? Even though it's better than what I sowed, it's still not what it could potentially be. Y'all see that? Well, it doesn't take a brainiac to realize, wait a minute now, would I want less or do I want more? <laughs> right? So, why not sow with a generous heart? Why not sow generously? Not being motivated by the return, but being motivated by being generous for the sake of being generous, yet at the same time, how is it going to come back to me with that same attitude? Can you see that? Very, very important for us to get a hold of. Some of you may in times looked and said, wow, I think I ought to be seeing more blessing than I am. Like you have an increase like you should over a period of time. Well, then you should evaluate, am I still sowing with the same measuring cup I have 10 years ago? You know, some people get it and they're thinking, this is how much I give, all right? 10 years later, they're still doing the exact same amount. How many of you know that the cost of living has gone up, right? Five bucks ain't five bucks like it was 20 years ago, right? I mean, 20 years ago, I could take my wife out to McDonald's for $5 and both of us buy a full, complete, big meal. How many know five bucks will barely buy one meal? Okay, I'm talking about the whole combo meal. You understand what I'm saying? It's not the same, yet people give the same way. Well, that's the amount I've always given. That's my, my weekly offering, or that's my monthly, you know. And they're doing the exact amount they were doing 20 years, but they're wondering why the harvest hasn't increased. It, just think about it for a moment, you know. We, in other words, the harvest, what we're seeing in our life, is determined by what we sow. Then we ought to once in a while, at the very least, evaluate what we're doing. Consider it. And if you will just pray, and especially if you're believing God for increase, well, the Lord will prompt you. Now, you might not want to hear it, but the Lord will prompt you. And a lot of times the reason we don't want to ask the Lord how much to give is, I really don't want to hear what he's got to say. (laughs) Anybody relate to what I'm talking about? There's a time or two in my life I didn't want to hear it. But the fact is, how many know the Lord has your best interest in mind? Amen. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you overflowing. Why? Because you're his children, number one. And number two, you're his access to the world. His ability to spread the gospel and do what God's called us to do is in our hands. All right. What I want to talk about is how to give cheerfully. All right. I'm going to give you four steps tonight. But look with me, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, I want to read this in the Amplified, okay? because it does just that. It blows it up. It amplifies it. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, the Amplified says, Let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purposed in his heart. "...not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion, for God loves, He takes pleasure in, He prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in His giving." Notice God's heart revealed in here, and God's attitude towards our giving generosity, He wants us to be generous. Why? So that He can be generous to us. His hands are tied to His Word. He's bound to His Word. So if we're El cheapo, what is God going to be in our life? He can only move to the limit that we've set. So if we're generous if we have that attitude and we're expressing it and we're working with Him... He can funnel great things. And it said right here, and I love it, that he's unwilling to live without. He's unwilling. In other words, God's looking at it as, I found someone that is willing to work with me, that I can use to be a blessing in the earth. That's what the Lord's looking for. Say, that's me. You know, Abraham was an excellent example of someone like that. God blessed Abraham, but Abraham also obeyed the Lord. He did what the Lord told him. In fact, he lived a practically a nomadic life. You know, he lived in tents and he had so much money and influence and power that he literally made some nations nervous, and yet God could use him. Why? Because he was yes sir, if that's where you want me to go, that's what you want me to do, then that's what I'll do. And we just need to have that same attitude. Remember, if we're willing and obedient, what what did he say in his word? If we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. I don't know about you, but I'd rather have the good of the land than the rot from the land, right? I mean, I don't care how, how tasty a hot dog is. A ribeye beats it any time. A good one, you know? Not those ones you ever seen. See, it's how we think sometimes. You ever seen those things where you'll see like, There's this place by the 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 mall in the parking lot in Tulsa. Sometimes there's this truck set up, and he's got a little tent thing. Twenty ribeyes for twenty dollars. Yeah, they're probably that thin. You know, if you add five of them together, you might get a good one. You know, you know what I'm saying? You burn it up and there's nothing left, you know? No, I'm talking like that, man. Do you ever have a really good one, a good steak, done right? Well, my point is this, is that God wants us to have the good things in life. He wants us, we don't, he doesn't want us to buy generic all the time. You know, there are some things, how many would agree, that are fine generic. The Walmart brand is just fine in some things, but there are other things. I'm sorry, I'm not buying generic Oreos. I'm buying the real thing. All right? There are some things that I want the real thing. I want I don't care if it costs a buck and a half more. I that's what I want. You understand what I'm saying? We we don't have to be tight and cheap. God doesn't want that for us. He's not that way. So, one of the ways that he's able to bless us is if we are a cheerful giver by smile. All right? Now, I'm going to give you the opportunity to practice this in a little bit. But I want to give you four steps to being a cheerful giver. So I'd encourage you to write these things down. Number one, you must give willingly from the heart. You must give willingly from the heart. There has to be a willingness in your heart in order to be a cheerful giver. Your heart must be in your giving or another way to say it is your giving must come from your heart. If you want to reference the scripture, Matthew 6.21, this is where Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now I, I want to camp on that for just a moment because again, this talks about our willingness and our heart. What Jesus was saying in that verse is what you value most, what is most important to you, what you treasure reveals your heart's desire for example you can take a a kid who's maybe 19 you know he's graduating or about to graduate and he's consumed with video games okay and what does he do with his money every time he gets money or he invests most of his money into video games into video, you know into the video game equipment into the latest and greatest stuff because that's where his heart is and wherever his heart is is where his finances will flow so what is most important to him is revealed by following the checkbook in your life what is most important to you is reflected by where your money is directed. So, for example, a person who loves the Lord, who puts the Lord first, who puts the kingdom of God first, who tithes and and gives and, and is generous towards the gospel, what does that reveal about them? It reveals that their heart is in it. But there are a lot of people that talk a good game about how much they love the Lord. And how serious they are about the Lord. But yet their money would say otherwise. Where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. So how do you find someone's heart? All you have to do is look at their finances. And so when we look at our own selves, we look at, well, how much money are we uh, supporting things with? I heard a minister one time and he's one of these ministers that that he believes in prosperity. He believes that God will add to us and bless us, and he also believes that God wants us to have the best. and, and in fact, one of his messages were, "Would Jesus wear a Rolex?" I believe. In other words, you know, and if you don't know what a Rolex is, it's a very, very expensive watch. Um, the, the point is, what he is, he's saying is, "Would Jesus wear something that luxurious?" And there's a lot of people say, "Oh no." No, 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 no. You do not spend money like that on frivolous things like that. You put it into the gospel. The very people that say that usually aren't giving very much. You see, there's a connection between your lifestyle and how you deal with things and thinking in prosperity that's connected to your giving. It's all one and the same. If you think small, that's exactly how you'll live your life. And that's exactly what you'll probably put into the kingdom of God. You, your, your thinking is very small, very narrow-minded. You're, you're cheap, you're tight in that particular area. Now, you're not tight in all areas because guess what? Your money's going somewhere, isn't it? Maybe it's going into your belly. Maybe it's going into earrings and, and different doodads that someone might wear you know maybe it is going into clothes because clothes are the most important thing and that's where your finances are directed now does the lord want us to have nice clothes i'm telling you right now he wants you to have nicer clothes than you have right now he, he wants you to have nicer things he wants you to have the furniture you want not what you what you can afford but what you desire You know, all the different things in life. He just doesn't want those things before Him. How do I keep those things before Him? Where my treasure is, there my heart will be also. What's most important to me? You know what I'm saying? You, this church, is important to me. I invest a considerable amount of my finances that are available to me into this ministry i never ask any of you to do anything i am not doing you know that in fact i'm usually the first one to give but that's usually because i know about the project (laughs) before i announced it but i'm already planning this is what i'm going to do this is where i'm going to make a step of faith in this i'm not asking people to do things i'm not doing okay but the fact is if the things of god are important to me will that not be revealed in my finances Where my treasure is, there you'll find my heart. Now, when it comes to giving and being willing to give, can you see the connection to your heart? You see, your heart (laughs) and your checkbook are connected. (laughs) What's most important to you is revealed by where your finances are directed, what's going on in your life. Now, as I was mentioning about that preacher, he had been criticized many, many times for... um, preaching that prosperity gospel that God wants us blessed. He wants us successful. And he's living it. Okay? And what I mean is I know I I know some things that he shared about some things in his life about where God took him from. Some hit guy in the backwoods of some literally um trailer in some uh I can't remember what it was, Kentucky, Tennessee or someplace like that, you know, out in the backwoods somewhere poor and always lived that way and was raised that way to, to having a worldwide ministry that God is using and God has blessed him personally and someone got to him and started digging him and picking on him and he said I tell you what I'll I'll give you the percentage of what I'm giving into the kingdom of God and then you give me the percentage of what you're doing and let's see where they're at before we judge one another. In other words, his percentage of what he's giving might have been up near 27, 30%. Do you see the the difference there? Remember when I told you it's not the amount we're giving, it's how much we have available and the percentage. Do you see that? The Lord isn't picking on or judging. If he gave $5 but all he had was 20 But Willie here gave 100, but he had access to 10,000 who gave more. In the mind of God, you gave more. You gave bigger, relative. That doesn't necessarily mean, guys, that God is basing and looking at things in our own individual life. We're the ones that have to look at that. But the point I'm making is in order to be a cheerful giver, we must be willing from the heart to give. We want to give. We're motivated by wanting to be a blessing. All right? Number two, you must not give grudgingly. You must not give grudgingly. A question to ask yourself, and I believe we've all been there a time or two, is this. Am I reluctant to give? (laughs) Am I reluctant to give? In other words, am I resentful towards giving? Am I resentful towards giving? Is there an unwillingness on my part towards giving? I really don't want to. In other words, let me say this another way. If there was a way out of giving, I wish it was presented to me. If there was a way for me not to give, maybe I already committed. I, did you ever open your mouth and insert your foot? All of you have. Maybe you are excited about something. I want to give to that, or maybe uh, I've been in in churches where you know, you know, maybe there was you know a couple hundred people and they were going to do a pledge offering. Maybe we had something big we were going to do, and so we're doing a pledge. And so there are people that are able without any problem at all to give a thousand dollars. So they pledge. I'll give a thousand dollars the next two months. You know, no big deal for them. I mean, it was well doable but maybe for me at the time that wasn't doable shoot that would be half my income I mean I can't do that and so I I, but but I was excited in the moment I was excited and I'm like man I want to be a part man I want to be I want to I'll give a thousand dollars and I'm and then right when I'm done oh dear lord I where am I going to get it that would be a miracle literal miracle I mean, God would have to literally pour the $1,000 in my hand because I would have been good to say I could give 50. And so right then, what could happen? I'm resentful. Maybe I did it because I didn't want to be the only one not doing something. Or everybody in the room did 500 or more, but all I could really do was 100. And so I felt dumb, so I, I offered more. See how we can become grudging. We could, we could resent the idea. I wish there was a way out of giving. Well, see, that's not giving with a cheerful heart, is it? That's not a cheerful giver. That's not, will, not willing. What we need to realize is that, listen to me carefully, we want to give. Never give grudgingly. If you don't want to give, don't give. But never do it grudgingly. All right? That's wrong. I mean, you should not do it. God doesn't want it. And I know that that may seem foreign for some preachers to actually say, but this one's going to say it. If you don't want to give, then please keep your money. I don't want it. God doesn't want it. Would you want a gift that someone gave you for your birthday and they told you, here's a gift? I didn't want to give it, but here you go. I felt like I had to. I didn't want to be the only one in the room not giving you a gift. Would you want a gift like that? What would you say to that person? I got a few choice words, but I just say, keep it. You know what I'm saying? Keep it. I don't want your gift. If you don't want to give it to me, then don't give it to me. Well, what makes you think our Heavenly Father's any different? Right? He doesn't want a gift that doesn't come from your heart. He doesn't want a gift that you weren't willing to give. And so we need to remember, look at your heart. okay? Judge yourself. Look at where you're at. But never give grudgingly. Now thirdly, number three, you must not give of compulsion. You must not give of compulsion. And this is a big one. Another word for compulsion is pressured. Pressured. So in other words, we should never give with a feeling of being pressured or forced or coerced or intimidated. Now, I don't do that here. How many would agree? I don't do that here. I don't pressure. I don't force. Now, I encourage, I challenge, but I'll tell you up front. Listen to me. I'm never going to say this faith ministry is going under if you don't give. (laughs) That's not faith. Okay? You're not my source. You, 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 you. You're not my source. He's my source. All right? That should be your attitude in your life. God, say it with me. The Lord Lord is my source. source. Not Not man. Not man. Not man. Not anybody. God's my source that doesn't mean you go around saying, no, I don't need you. No, God uses people, doesn't he? Right? And see, but I want you to do it with a willing heart. I don't want you to do something you don't want to do. But the fact is, is there are many preachers that will get up there because of pressure financially. Maybe they're under pressure. You know, the ministry's under pressure. And so that comes out their mouth. And their always preaching on finances. They're always pressing on finances. It's always give, 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 tithe, tithe, give, 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 give. And and they want to push it off as faith when in reality it's fear. It's not faith. The fact is, if we trust the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, he's going to meet my need. If you choose to disobey God and not do what the Lord told you to do, he'll bring someone else. You understand what I'm saying? Same thing in your life. Don't use your job as your source or anything as your source. God's your source. And He can meet your need any way He pleases. He's God. Quit telling Him what to do. Amen? A lot of times you pray, Lord, bless me this way. Why would you limit Him? Now He has to go this way. Guess what? People sometimes don't always obey the Lord. So, guess what? If, he, if you limited God to this particular direction, now what did you do? <laughs> you know? The fact is, is that, listen, God wants us to give not out of pressure. What, I don't care if it's a minister, or sometimes you'll see these guys on TV, you know? The only gift you could give that would actually help you in your life is $5,000, or $500. Or $1,000. That's the only gift that would matter. If God has to, you have to give this amount in order for, is that pressure? That's coercement. That is, you're, you're, you're twisting things. God doesn't and will not ever force you, pressure you, make you feel obligated to give. Because if you feel that way, you can't give out of your heart. You can't give willingly. You did it because I didn't want to be the only one. Anybody ever been in that situation? I'm being honest. I've been in this situation where I, I was embarrassed because I didn't want to be the only one. I, everybody else was there. Or the usher was standing there and don't ever do this. and hand there And just watch them in the bucket. Why? Because... How does that make someone feel? Especially someone who doesn't understand these things. So they get in their, their wallet. You know, I remember in this uh, Catholic church that I would visit some when I was a kid. They had, I don't know if you guys remember, they, they would have long, long uh, rows and pews. And they would have these long rods, these wooden rods with a bag at the end. And so what they would do is they'd do this and they'd stop right in front of you. And they'd hesitate for a moment. And you'd have to look. Or you're like... <sighs> you know, you get in there. And of course, most of these guys probably thought they were giving big because they gave five dollars. I moved heaven and earth. You know, I mean, God used me mightily today. <laughs> you know, the point is, is how does that make someone feel? Er, 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 come on. That's not the way we should be. Amen. That's not the Lord. So what I'm trying to say is never give if you feel forced, if you feel pressured. If you don't give today, this is going to happen. That is not the Lord. I wouldn't give in that situation. I would just hold back and I'd pray. Lord, what do you want me to do? Now, the other side of this is this. God is never going to pressure you to give. However, there is a big difference between being led to give led to give and pressure or force the lord may lay it on your heart strongly to give but he's gonna never he's never gonna make you do it you still have a choice but hopefully if the lord is laying it on your heart to give what should you do if we love the lord no matter what he says I don't care if I have to borrow the money. If the Lord is telling me this is what he wants me to do, then bless God, I'm going to be a good steward and I'm going to do it. And on top of that, if the Lord is asking me to give something extra big or special, then he must have something supernatural in mind for me. Right? In other words, if he's asking for my last dollar, so to speak, my last hundred, and I know it's him, and I'm like, then I'm going to do it joyfully knowing He's got something special planned for me. He's got maybe that giving, that obedience will open a door over here for a new job. You know what I'm saying? Or something supernatural just around the corner. It may not be the next day. It may not be that day. But I guarantee you this. I know in my own personal life, the Lord has never disappointed me. I mean, I I have given (laughs) until there was just nothing left to give when the Lord had prompted me And I knew, and I, and I. This is back when I had kids at home, and I don't know about you, but my wife did not have to call and tell me we need milk and bread. We always needed milk and bread. The kids were human eating machines. I didn't have to call and ask her, "Do we need something?" You know. And this is back in the days when I didn't, you know, I wasn't operating at the same level I'm operating now. And I would give, and I'm thinking, man, I got a week till payday. I, I, I just gave the. The bread and milk money away. I, I, you know, I got a little bit of gas. And what's the Lord going to do? And I would just trust Him. I would just, I'm not going to lie awake. I'm not going to worry about it. He's got it covered. He's got good things heading my way. And, and all of a sudden, something supernatural would happen in some fashion or form. Every single time. Every time. Every time. Say, the Lord is good. Lord is good. All right, real quickly. Number four. You must give cheerfully. You must give cheerfully cheerfully the amplified bible says to give thoughtfully with purpose i like that thoughtfully with purpose in other words purpose in your heart to give cheerfully joyously consider your heart in your giving purpose to give let me say it this way i don't have to give i want to give i don't have to give i get to give i get to be a part of something there's a whole transference that takes place when we think that way when we have that attitude in our heart it's a joy to give i don't i'm telling you guys offering is my favorite time and my favorite time i love it why because i get to express my heart in such a real way to the lord i get to show him i trust him i get to show my love to him And honor him in my faith in action. It's a great time. It's a wonderful time. But I remember when I was younger and I didn't know some of these things, sometimes I was, oh, the offering. (laughs) Because I didn't understand these things. I didn't know these things at the time. But praise God, I love to give. Listen, a cheerful giver is someone who enjoys giving from their heart. It's a blessing to them. They don't give to get. They give for the simple joy of giving. And that is God's heart. That is who He is. In other words, I just want to be a blessing. Now listen real quickly. A cheerful giver has positioned themselves for blessing. They will reap in the same manner that they gave. They have placed themselves in a position or a place for God to bless so that they continue to give. God's not looking for the complainer at heart. He's looking for the willing heart. The willing heart that takes action. Not just someone saying, I talk a good talk, but they literally, he can see it. Amen? That's one of the reasons I love to, to give. So, with all this being said, real quickly, what is the benefit of being a cheerful, joyous, generous giver? Real quickly, look with me. 2 Corinthians 9, eight. If we've done it, God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, everybody say that me, all right, this is what we're talking about, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. That means I got every need in my life met and I got more than enough, amen? Now, let's look at the Amplified, same verse, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make all grace every favor, And earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Man, I tell you, that's good news. Amen. No help from anyone. God's my source. I have more than enough and I can give into every good work. Say it with me. That's me. Say, I give. I give. And I'm able to be a blessing. All my needs are met. I have more than enough. And I can be a blessing to anybody the Lord leads me to. Or I choose to. Amen? That's the way the Lord wants it in our life. More than enough. You never run out. There's like this continual flow in your life. But again, a lot of this comes right back to us. God wants to do these things in our life, but there's something we have to do. We have to act on the word. Amen. Say this with me. I am a cheerful, prompt to do it, joyous giver.